Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, the Masters Class. We are here with our Masters of the Ring, Mark Henry, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer. And today, it is this podcast is dropping on December 18th. So, Bully... Let me ask you first, when you think of December 18th, what do you think of? I think of Stone Cold Steve Austin's birthday. Tommy, when you think of December 18th, what do you think of? Steve Austin's birthday. I'm very excited to talk about it. Mark? Wow, you can hear the excitement in his voice for once. I think he went up an octave. (laughs) It's December 18th. That was a pretzel ride with peanut butter falling out. There you go. December 18th, Mark, what do you think about? I think of Stone Cold Steve Austin's birthday and some Steve Weisers. Well, what a coincidence because I just got myself a Broken Skull IPA because we are going to celebrate Stone Cold Steve Austin's birthday here on the Masters class. Go ahead, Bully. And why don't we start off by singing happy birthday to Steve Austin. Oh my Eddie, God. On the count of three, everybody, even you fat ass. One, two, three. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Don't go Steve Austin. Happy birthday to you. We we should Hell all yeah. get stunned for that. We should that all really fucking bad. take a stunner. Just line up and take it. <laughs> Stun yourself. <laughs> Tommy was the Bowser in that in that singing of Good Night, Sweetheart. <laughs> well, I mean, since it is Stone Cold Steve Austin's birthday, we're gonna celebrate by sharing some of our favorite memories of Stone Cold Steve Austin. So Tommy, we'll start with you. Your favorite memory of WWE Hall of Famer, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Man, he has blessed us with so many amazing uh, memories as well as they continue to last with the what's. Uh, For me, I would go, I got two. One was I come to WWE and the Alliance and and Steve Austin's going to hit the ring. And I had thought in my wrestling bubble that I was over. And from ECW 
and got some amazing responses and been part of amazing responses. And then I was in the ring when the glass broke. And when I tell you, it was like an earthquake. The ring was shaking. And I knew in my crazed Tommy Dreamer brain, I'm going to take that last stunner. No matter how I'm going to get to it, I'm going to get that last stunner on Monday Night Raw because I've never taken it. And I I couldn't believe that emotion. And he's coming down. He's kicking people. And Steve will also point of the toe, kick you right in your genitalia. He uh, That thing is coming. And I took it. And at the last second, and I had asked him, how do you like it? Do you like it when guys like pop up? Or he's like, I actually like when guys ride the whole way down. And I just hung on to him and I shoot, blasted my jaw. It's a real move. If you, uh, that's the best way to take it. If something is real, but, uh, that was for me. And then another part, and I don't have many regrets in the wrestling business. And again, I've been friends with Steve for a long, long time. And a long time ago in a land far away, WWE wasn't doing much with me. And one Vince McMahon walked by me and I had not one, but two cheesecakes in my hand, double fisting cheesecake. And I was not in the best place because WWE is not using me. And Vince walks by. He's like, oh, of course you got two things of cheesecake, Tommy. You think your ass could get any fatter? Ah, 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 ah. And I was angry because WWE is not doing anything with me. And it's uh, my, it's WWE's fault. And I said to my boss, who said it in passing, I was like, no matter how big my ass gets, you still can't kick it. And I was mad, dude. And if he would have turned around and said something else, there would have been El Confrontational. <laughs> so then the leader of the WWE, the top guy in the industry comes. He goes, hey, man, I just want to tell you, I went to Vince and uh, I said, hey, Dreamer's a good guy. And like, you're kind of ribbing on the square there. And uh, he's like, yeah, I want Tommy to get in better shape. I want Tommy to be bigger. I want to do things with Tommy. And when Steve told me that, you know what I did? Because I'm a friggin' idiot pro wrestler. I was like, Steve, you know how long they could have done something with me when I was in better shape? Because when I showed up in WWE, I was 235. And I go, they did nothing with me and blah, blah, blah. And here's the number one guy in the business trying to tell and help me. But I was so lost in my own little world of self-loathing and self Every, it's everybody else's fault. I didn't look into that mirror and say, maybe it is you, Dreamer. And Steve Austin taking his time to talk to me, to try to help me. And when I say it's one of my regrets is because I didn't listen to him. Mm. And I wish I did. But for Steve to go out of his way for someone in a locker room, the way he did for me, is why I'll always love Steve Austin. Wow. That's awesome, Tommy. Thank you That's for awesome. that. That is that is great. And I think And Vince, if you're listening, you still can't kick my fat ass. And it's a lot fatter now. <laughs> I showed you. <laughs> and when he says his ass, he means it's fat with a P. Smooth <laughs> with a V. Mark, oh. um, what do you got, buddy? Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, I, I got a couple of them. Um we had a long, long time to Mark, you probably have the most stories about Steve because you spent the most time with him out of all of us. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, that's, I'm going way back. And there was a time when um, Ron Simmons was as over as anybody in pro wrestling. And 
The Rock, D'Lo, myself, Godfather, Savio. Um, we were all the pawns in the in the in the scheme of things at that time. And Ron was the one that started the whole locker room coming out and taking a stunner. That it it, it, it never happened before then. Didn't know that. And Ron said, listen, he gonna be on my ass, right? And then he gonna hit me with the fucking thing, right? <laughs> and then I want y'all to feed out one at a time. Give a motherfucker space, right? So one at a time. You come out, take a motherfucking stunner, get your ass out the ring, and then everybody continue to come do what, and you know, that's my Ronnie Simmons. But yeah, but he stunned Ron and then D'Lo runs out and he stuns D'Lo, bang, Godfather runs out. He stuns Godfather. I'm running right behind Godfather because I ran slower than everybody. So I, I wanted to look like I was timely. I ran out, I, I get stunned. And now here comes Dwayne walking, walking like I'm fucking over. I'm finna fucking come down there and kick your ass, Steve, you piece of shit. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my thing. And I'm on the ground selling and I could hear it building, but I looked over on the ground at Ron and Ron had stopped selling and was sitting up like this. Why? Because it was about Ron and Steve. And Dwayne walking made ah. it about Dwayne. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And Dwayne jumped up on the apron, went into the ropes and got face to face with Steve. Like, and Steve, <laughs> and they started, Steve started doing a little dance. <laughs> and then Dwayne was like, what are you doing? Bang, stun, boom. And he went out, but it wasn't over. It was not over. We got to the back, and Ron said, he was worse than Vince. If Vince pulled his glasses down like this and did this, it was really fucking scary. You knew what was finna come. You know what I'm saying, Bully? Did you ever get it? Yes. Okay. I got called a motherfucker before. Just let you know. By Vince. But when, but when Ron did it, I thought that he was going to whoop Dwayne's ass. I really thought that this old shit, D-Lo, I thought it was, he was like, don't you ever upstage me again. And Steve walks up at the time saying, thanks guys, thanks. And Ron said, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. He is finna get his ass kicked. But if it wasn't for Steve, I think Ron would have whooped Dwayne's ass because Steve was like, all right, I don't want to get any blood on my shoes, so I just want to say thanks, guys. And Ron turned and said, "And th thank you," and and, and 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 kind of powdered. But that was the most intense that I had ever seen Ron at that point, and I learned a valuable lesson. Um, not not you you can't upstage the main guy. And Steve and Ron had that thing going and it was about them. And we could talk about that on another master's class is upstaging the talent, the lead talent. 
But um, the other one is, man, I don't know if y'all remember, but Steve gave D'Lo a backdrop and D'Lo went through the windshield of the Stone Cold pickup truck. And I can't remember what pay-per-view it is because I got hit in the head a lot. But it was one of the highest backdrops I ever saw. D I had already got stunned. D'Lo feeds in. He backdrops D'Lo from the ring. The truck is on the floor, of course. And D'Lo goes through the windshield. Bro, like if you would have heard the crowd, it sounded like a plane taking off. Just, yeah. I mean, Steve made sounds from the crowd that I don't know if any wrestler ever will be able to replicate. And we talked about the biggest pops and we talked about when CM Punk came back and all of these people. Brother, when Steve Austin glass broke and he started to the ring, it was a sound that it was nuclear. There was, there was nobody else that made a sound like that. That's the bar. That's the measuring stick. Yeah. And and it used to be the Road Warrior pop, but it it became the Steve Austin pop. And just so the fans know that that, uh, that car windshield uh, was candy glass, right? It was sugar glass. It wasn't real, right? No, oh, that was a that was real, real window. <laughs> a real human being went through a windshield Jeez. on Monday Night Raw. Uh, and you go back and watch it, watch the elevation, like you said. And for the fact that you're able to break said windshield talks about like, you know, again, when people think, Hey, it's one thing. No, it's totally not. That's a real, no, that, that was real. Go take a sledgehammer or yeah. go take a baseball bat and hit a windshield. You probably won't break it the first time you hit it. The, the, yeah. the, the go through a windshield. I mean, it was, he smashed it yeah. and, uh, D Delo sold the shit out of it. I mean, it, because he had to. You got no choice. Got no People choice. normally go to a hospital when they go through a windshield. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steve was awesome, man. Happy birthday, brother. Awesome stuff, uh, bully. Uh, I got a lot of stories with Steve. I'll I'll try to blast through a couple of them. Um, I, I always have had a. A good relationship with him but the first year i got to wwe me and steve barely said anything to each other it was hello and goodbye i always thought steve was very standoffish and it took me years to understand why i just think that steve was always very protective of his spot and wasn't going to let anybody in real quick because he was the top dog and i think a lot of people wanted to be friendly with steve just so they could get next to him and hopefully you know Maybe, you know, you know, get in the ring with him, a match with him, an angle with him, a program with him. And I always found him to be, you know, like very to himself until they, he found common ground with you. And me and Steve's common ground was rock and roll. Uh, me and Jericho were talking in the locker room one day. Steve happened to be there. The three of us started talking. And we started talking about a band called Beautiful Creatures. And Beautiful Creatures is my favorite band that never went anywhere or never amounted to anything. Dave, uh, one of the founding members of Beautiful Creatures, DJ Ashba, who played with uh, Nikki Six and 6AM, 
who is in Axel's version of Guns N' Roses. But he also started this band called Beautiful Creatures. If you've never heard before, check him out. And me and Steve and Chris just started talking rock and roll. And that was it. That was me and Steve's common ground. We started talking about the Scorpions and ACDC, yada, yada. And then we became friendly. And, you know, we would always, you know, and that, that you know, was always what we would start to talk about. Then we talk about a little bit of wrestling here and there and, and whatever. And the the first the first memory that pops into my head with Steve is the night Steve walked out on the Brock Lesnar match because it was supposed to be Steve and Brock. And obviously Steve wasn't happy with the way they wanted the match to go down. So Steve split and I'm the one that had to work with Brock for two segments, which was a big deal for me. You know, that was, that, that was a, a good night for me to be able to work with Brock, but I always rib Steve about it, you know, about, yeah, thanks for walking out that night. I had to get my ass kicked by Brock because of you. Um, a, another great memory with Steve was in Japan where we had the, the biggest beer bash of all time. You know, Steve and his beer bashes are legendary. But one night in Japan, it was me and Devon and Steve and Stacy Keebler. And I think Deborah was in the ring and Hurricane was in the ring. And I believe we went through like 109 cans of beer that night in the biggest beer bash of all time. And, and, and we just had, you know, so much fun doing that and laughing and carrying on in the ring. Um, another great memory with Steve was with Freddie Blassie. It was me and Devon in the ring against three minute warning. Uh, God rest their souls, you know, um, Eki and Maddie. Um, there was a point in the match where Steve rolled Freddie Blassie out to the ring and his wheelchair and the last thing Fred Blassie ever said in a wrestling ring or on TV was Devon, get the tables. And then Steve grabbed the microphone and he said, in case you people didn't hear, Freddie Blassie just said, Devon, get the tables. And the place went ballistic. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now. Cause if you would have told me as a kid growing up in the Northeast being, you know, you know, Freddie Blassie being one of the greatest managers of all time. Right. And you can say, Hey man, Freddie Blassie is going to say your tagline two weeks before he dies. Like it's just crazy to think about stuff like that. So being able to share the ring with Steve on that time. And then there was the stone cold sessions, which I got invited on, which. Awesome. Was, People was, still was, talk about that today. It, it, it was so much fun. And, and, you know, Steve had told, this was about a month before mania. We taped the stone cold sessions and I brought a bottle of Jack with me and I hid the bottle of Jack underneath the table. And I was just going to bust it out because Steve likes to, you know, Steve and Taker, you know, did a couple of shots of Jack. Well, I hit it. I was just going to pop it out on him. And, and about 10 minutes before we started taping, Steve's like, yeah, you know, kid, I've been on the wagon for a while because I got the match kind of up at Mania. And, you know, I haven't been drinking or anything like that. I'm trying to take it easy, get in shape. And I'm like, oh, no, what do I do? This is my big spot. I'm going to pop out a bottle of Jack, but he doesn't want to drink anymore. And I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. And, you know, we started taping the sessions and I busted out that bottle of Jack and he looked at it and he gave me the look like, you mother ever. You you set me. You knew I told you I didn't want to drink anymore. And I was like, hey, man, if you don't want to drink any, you don't have to. He's like, you're going to call me out on my own show. We wound up doing like four That's or five awesome. shots of Jack. And uh, 
you know, the, 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 it was a, it was a pleasure to be on the stone cold sessions. And also Tommy, I'm sure you remember this uh, one night stand in, you know, in the Hammerstein ballroom and what a special night that was. And Steve closed out the night by coming to the ring. A lot of people might have forgotten that before Steve Austin got to the WWE, he, before he was the ringmaster, before he evolved into, you know, what we know as Steve Austin today, he was in ECW for a couple of months. He worked with Mikey Whipwreck. He worked with the Sandman. And, and this is where you got to see like that angst and anger and edginess of Steve Austin come out for the first time. So like our ECW family always welcomed Steve with open arms, almost as if he was an ECW original. Um, Do you remember so how, where he debuted? He debuted on September... 23rd 1995 in Middletown New York and right. the reason I know that is because that is the same night I debuted in ECW do you remember and, the next segment where uh he did the Monday night night NyQuil Monday NyQuil was filmed at the Travel Lodge at two o'clock in the morning in Philadelphia but do you remember the the segment the the talk show segment yes what, what why what was the name of it Monday Night Nyquil. Nope. What was it? It was introduced by Beulah's box, and her box was always open for you. That's <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> Guys, these these stories are are unbelievable. Thanks for sharing these stories. Wait, hang on, David, before you wrap up. You're not gonna give us your favorite uh I mean, well, it doesn't compare to the stories that you just told, but I have two. One, when I was hosting with Bully, we had Stone Cold on as a guest and Bully brought up about the music and he was talking about the Scorpions being one of his favorite bands. So he rattled off all the members of the Scorpions and the next time we had him on was also with Bully. We had him in studio and I made sure, and I do this every time Stone Cold comes on, we never play Stone Cold Steam. We always play blackout by the scorpions and i'm sitting next to to stone cold steve austin and as we're playing it he's singing along to it and i'm like oh my god like i'm two feet away from stone cold steve austin singing blackout the other one is with you tommy and we had stone cold on as a guest and he was on zoom and it was during the commercial break so he came on a little bit early during the break and you're talking to him and i'm just you know sitting there saying you know nothing uh, but you're talking to him, and then, and then he looks at me, and he goes, Dave, he goes, a couple of weeks ago, you were so angry, something about zombies, and he goes, that was one of the best promos I have ever heard, and I'm like, oh my God, Stone Cold Steve Austin is complimenting me, and then Tommy, you stopped him and said, Steve, that wasn't a promo. That's the crazy mind of Dave LaGreca. So those are two of my favorite stories of Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's awesome. I, I just want it for all our listeners, because we also have a lot of wrestlers that listen uh, to it. I cannot highly, I recommend Broken Skull Sessions so much. Uh, yes. I, I literally was in a hotel room and I listened to Mark Henry and I know Mark and I've been friends with Mark. And then there's stories that Mark's telling me that I'm literally in my bathroom because my computer was on my desk and I like, wait, what? And I go back and, and I start crying. And, and because he gets that, he's a, an amazing interviewer, but also like, like huh? He's like Oprah. 
dude, like I never knew the stuff with you and your brother. And like, it, it was just, it was a beautiful two guys hanging out, and, but he's an amazing interviewer. And the other part is like another one, Bret Hart and Steve Austin breaking down their match. Like that's a master's class, him and the undertaker and the undertaker seeing like you was one of those cats. I would always stick around and watch the matches. And I'm like, really? So if Steve Austin can watch him, everybody's matches and I see guys in the back, either playing video games or guys in the back, just shooting the shit while the show is going on. That's why they're there where they are. And they're yep. not in that main event or they're not in that stuff. And, and lastly, like, like I said, it, it's, if you just listen to his journey, and we all know because we were around that same time, one of the best wrestlers in WCW told he will only go so far, gets fired when he's hurt, comes to ECW. Paul Heyman believed in him. He was pissed off. Paul said, here, talk about it. And here's a microphone. Say whatever you want. Here's the early parts of Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then, like, saw the guy named the Sandman drinking the beer. S- took Mikey Whipwreck's whippersnapper as his finish. Goes to WWE, given a gimmick that's not the best. And then in a promo, his career, because he still was the best, like, one of the best in-ring workers. And, like, all the adversity he's overcome to still main event friggin' WrestleMania 19 years later. And then when he even got hurt in WWE, when did he get most over when he was hurt? Because he was able to talk and, and, and do all these things. Or also like his comedic timing and his comedic levels. He's everything in. But, if but, you're, but people uh, said he was boring. Correct. What fucking idiots but sat in a room and said, ah. Uh, you don't have it, Steve Austin. You don't have it. <laughs> But through whatever adversity said, he had. You just said, what idiot. Um, the guy that gave you that monster contract was the idiot. <laughs> said he was Jeez. <laughs> well, the first was Eric it wasn't just It wasn't just him. Bischoff yeah, but, didn't see it in him. That's true. It, how crazy it was is a that? Bunch Eric of and Vince both did not see it. It was a bunch of people. Yeah. But anyway, if you're trying to start your own career or even like something in life, man, he worked his ass off to to get these flowers. And I'm happy that, you know, three of his friends uh, and Dave, I'm sure he considers you his friend, get to uh, praise homage to the guy on his birthday. Well, it is crazy what you just said as well, because two of maybe of the more respected people in this business being Eric Bischoff and Vince McMahon didn't see no, anything. Didn't mean they were idiots. Didn't see anything in probably the, the greatest a uh, superstar of all time. It's pretty crazy. Uh, happy birthday, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, thank you, Mark. Thank you, Bully. Thank you, Tommy, for sharing those stories. If you like what you hear, subscribe to the Busted Open Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. We want to hear from you. Also, make sure if you like what you hear, subscribe to SiriusXM and listen to Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time. And you know what? If you're a Loyal Nation member, let's see it. Go to podswag.com slash busted open. Get our merchandise as well. For everybody here, everybody go out and have a Steve Weiser and celebrate Stone Cold Steve Austin. What? Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream the podcast. 
Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.